Hey, welcome to Kidmin Talk. This is episode 93. We won't mention I was married back in 1993. But hey, this is something new. If you're watching this on YouTube, you know I am recording it, and that's brand new. We've got a special guest today. His name is Josh Denhart, the amazing chemistry guy. And we're going to talk about a variety of things, but we're going to hone in on leading up and what that looks like. So, hey, whether you're driving in your car or sitting in the office or out jogging with your iPad on, I want you just to use this time to soak in and to learn as we just enjoy talking Kidman with you. As always, you can help shape the show with your emails, your Facebook comments. Let me know what topics you'd like to have. And as I move into interviewing people, we'll talk about that in a minute. If there's a children's pastor that's just amazing, you let me know and I'll get them on the show. Hey, Josh, it's so hey. great to see you. Great to see you. You know, uh, folks, I'm excited about this podcast because I've been doing this this podcast for over a hundred episodes. This is number ninety three of Kidman Talk, but my cohort Gus and I uh, did the children's ministry podcast before that, and uh, so I forgot. I think we're over a hundred now. I love doing this. I'm always so encouraged by you folks when I'm out at conferences and things. I'm blown away by how many people come up and just tell me how much they love the podcast. And so I've decided to do something new. And I am going to turn Kidman Talk, it's called Talk, into conversations with children's ministry leaders. And we've got a pretty well-known, awesome guy today. But my target's not going to be the who's who of children's ministry. It's going to be children's pastors. Most of them you probably don't know. But I know them through my work with Kidology and my conversations with them. And I'm excited to plan some conversations. I've got a name of 20 um, that are at the top of my list. I've already got four scheduled. And these are going to be great conversations with people just like you in the trenches of children's ministry, and we're going to offer them not only the normal audio like I've been doing, but also this way where you can kind of see us. So we're going to debut this kind of new format on Kidman Talk with a conversation with my buddy Josh Denhart. Hey, I love the the studio you got there, hey. Josh. That looks Thanks, really man. cool. For those of you who can't see, he's got a big hashtag behind him, and it says today. Now, you know, that's going to be outdated tomorrow, Josh. You're going to have to change it to <laughs> I know, yesterday. you did say that. I thought that was hilarious. So, what, what, tell me about that. This, you're not taking on the Today Show, are you? No, you know, I, I created this office space to be a place where I come in and I feel inspired to create, to pray, to uh, uh, create content and all kinds of stuff. And so, every day, I turn on my lights and I flip that little switch. There's some lights in the little hashtag okay. thing. And I remind myself, okay, this today. is... This is today. Crank it out. Uh, uh, get to know the Lord. Put another brick in there. Isn't there something in the Bible about forgetting what is behind and pressing forward? That's right. That, that's awesome. That, that's fantastic. Well, folks, if you don't know Josh Denhart, he's a guy you've got to get to know. He has become a really close and, uh, dare I say, special friend. That sounds corny you, from a guy. No, um, it, it is. It, you are my special true. friend. There's no question. I, I met Josh at the Children's Pastors Conference a couple of years ago. We bumped into each other at other conferences. and uh, But we've always ended up transferring from talking about our ministries and marketing ideas and stuff like that to really getting into just us as guys and our struggles right. in, in life and in ministry. We've journeyed with each other through ministry changes and um, he's a guy. And we've even got this fun thing where I oh, take you're gonna out. Oh, you are going to tell my, him? 
You're not going to well, tell them, are you? I, no, I'm not going to tell them, but I'm going to tell them about this. Every once in a while, I take out my phone and oh, I yeah. do what's called Siri roulette, oh, where yeah. I will just make up a bunch of words. I'll push Siri, like Siri will say, yeah, go ahead and talk to me. And I'll go say a bunch of random hob jobbery. Right, hey, let's and, do and it I'll right send... now. Go ahead. Send me okay. one, Josh. Oh, my goodness. You okay, just hang do the on. gibberish, and I'll read what Siri says it is. Okay. By the way. Into Mila Lala Busta. You know, I have talked about this as conferences as a way that guys can connect because a guy can't write to a friend and say, hey, I was just thinking about you today. That, that like creeps us out. But um, I do this now with a bunch of my friends and it ends up uh, just being a way to say, hey, you crossed my mind. All right. Siri said that you said, I'm all healed. The gutter, Mr. Buster Boulevard into Miller Lana A. Booster. Okay, whatever that is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Josh and my buddy Stanley and a bunch of my friends, uh, this is kind of a, a fun way that, that we connect. Well, if you don't know, Josh has a ministry called the Amazing Chemistry Show. Josh was a chemistry teacher in high school for over 10 years. He transferred into being a children's pastor for another 10 years. But then along the way, he discovered this unique skill and passion that he has for chemistry, blowing things up, and and um, the periodic table is one of his favorite things. He sleeps with a, one at night. On his, do you have a periodic pe pillow, periodic table Wait, pillow? No, I, I I don't. But there was one time where I, I had just watched three episodes of of something on the periodic table, and I came to bed and I was like, sweetheart, people just don't know how big of a deal the periodic table is. And she looked at me and she was like, are you serious? Well, like she, that's what you're coming. She could have so. suggested that you use that as a way to help her sleep. You could just well, start you know talking she about said it. To me, hey, here's what she said to me. She said, Josh, the periodic table is boron. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, we have actually used your VBS, the amazing chemistry show, a science VBS. Yep. And uh, we used it last summer. It was a huge success. Um, hey, I'll make you the sponsor for this podcast. He's Josh is not paying for a sponsorship, but I usually have a sponsor. So uh, we'll make the VBS the, the official sponsor. But, man, the resources and the downloads and everything you get, I don't want to turn into a commercial, but, folks, you've got to check it out, especially if you're kind of behind the eight ball and um, you're, you're behind on VBS. That's okay. I have a children's pastor, brand-new children's pastor. Uh, someone I'm going to be coaching was helping with me in my volunteer ministry and loved it, and now he's a children's pastor, and he's got two months till VBS. First thing he did, because he was a part of my science VBS, is he ordered it yesterday, and yep. um, and he's he's pumped to be doing it again. Um, but you also have this amazing chemistry show, and we yeah. did that. We had Josh in, and uh, we packed out our sanctuary. Uh, it was great, because we did it along with VBS, so we could reuse decorations and stuff. Uh, but fabulous show, and you'll definitely want to check that out. You just go to kidmanscience.com. It's yep. all there, videos. And Josh, one of the things I love about you is everything you do, you do with excellence. And uh, I'm sometimes intimidated, but like you're raising the bar in Kidman across the board, I oh, think for everybody. Lord. And um, and I, I think that's really important. So before we get into our topic of the day, which I'm excited about, it's not chemistry related, but you're the chemist. I mean, you're on, sure. you're on the news in your local area doing science <laughs> things with the weather guy and stuff. I've watched that. So I'm going to put you on the spot. All right, we, we I need two chemistry jokes. Uh, your worst okay. one and your best one, and our listeners okay. can decide whether the, the, they qualify. Well, they, they can kind of like rate them. Okay, so here's the deal: there once was a photon, 
who walked into a hotel and the photon was carrying his luggage and the kind of maitre d' person or the, the bellhop said, sir, may I get your bags? And he said, no, I'm uh, traveling light. Okay, and, and for the people who don't get that, um, yeah, I guess you don't. traveling light, yeah. so there you go. Okay, here's yeah. the next one. There once was a scientist, and he was carrying a beaker filled with 50% hydrogen peroxide. That is extraordinarily dangerous, and he tripped, and it spilled everywhere. And his other scientist friend said, what have you done? And he said, I don't know. It was an oxidant. Oxidant. Okay, so guys, if, if there's a Facebook comment, place on Facebook or somewhere. Nice. You're going to have to vote on Be nice. best one, best, worst one, or if you have your own uh, chemistry uh, joke. I was going to try yeah. one, but I, I think I'm just going to let you have the mantle on that. But one of the things when you're in ministry and you kind of get known for something, um, it can pigeonhole you. And uh, so you are the guy to go to for mixing the message of the gospel with chemistry, and you do that through the VBS, you have family devotions, um, you have a lot of things that you do, but with 20 years of experience, both in the school and the church, 10 each, with 450 volunteers, having uh, staff members under you, um, you know a lot more than chemistry. And so sure. uh, I asked Josh today what would be a topic he would enjoy talking about, and I was really excited when he replied and said, leading up. All right, he's got an awesome infographic that we're going to put in the show notes that you'll want to kind of download and digest. But he's got 10 things. We're going to cruise through these really fast today. But why don't you introduce this topic a little bit? What do you mean by leading up? Well, here's the deal. If you are in children's ministry, the chances of you being the boss are about 0.0%. You are not the boss if you're in children's ministry. You may lead your team, but you ultimately don't make all the decisions. All if I'm going to be successful, yeah, there's you're under somebody. And if I'm going to be successful in ministry, well, I'm going to need to learn how to position my ideas, my, my needs in such a way that my senior leaders are actually going to uh, like, like do my ideas and let me have some rope to yeah. pull off or give yeah. me budget. And so I have to actually like position myself and lead up so that they can digest what I want and help me make it happen. I love this because uh, one of the things that concerns me in children's ministry, and I totally get it. This is not a judgment. It's an observation. But there's a bit of a martyr mindset in children's pastors. And I hear so often, you know, well, the leadership doesn't have a passion for children's ministry or they just don't care. Or they don't they don't know what we do every week. And they don't. And maybe they don't care that that may be a reality. Um, but often I'll write back, I'll reply back and say, well, what is your position? And they'll say, well, I'm the children's pastor. And some days I'll even say, oh, is it a paid position? Well, yeah, it's only part time. I like, they do care about kids ministry. Enough Clearly. to have you. And they've put That's you in right. a position, and your job, your God-given job, is to be the champion for the children's ministry, That's right. and to do the things nobody sees, and to fight for more money, and to fight for more space, and safer environment, and all those things. And um, not that leadership is the enemy, but that it's that they have lots of other things they're over. And so That's the truth. We That's have the most to, important part. Yes, we. Ha I have a blog post with a picture of my pastor with a. Uh, I put a, 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 a before even GoPros existed. I, I took a little security camera and I put it on a helmet. And we used to use it in kids' church. We'd put on kids playing a game, and we'd put the feed on the camera. And it was only black and white back then, and, uh, and it was kind of fun. Well, I put that on my pastor's head, and I did a blog post. I'll link it in the show notes about you know if we could follow our pastor around all week. 
That's and right. see the things he deals with. I'm a PK, so I, I was the kid. I saw the the struggles and the responsibility enormity of it through my my dad. And um, I think we might be a little more gracious and grateful for the attention we get. But that said, I'm not excusing them, but I'm saying they're not the enemy, and we don't need to just wring our hands. There's actually things we can do to lead them to That's right. uh, you know champion kids ministry and to get better answers to the requests that we make because we all have a list of things that we want or need or desire or think should should be there and i love your number one number one i, I yeah. guess i ran out of words there. It, it's right? relationship and if you're a kidology person you know my passion is relational ministry i use that phrase long before it was hip a book just came out with that title i celebrate that that's awesome but your relationship with your pastor if the only time you go into your pastor is to ask for something bad he's, idea he's going to start getting nervous every time he sees you you know the old Which, joke you know, i mean there's a great uh, proverb that says, do not be often in your brother's house lest he hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother moved out of state. But, uh, but no, yeah, it's yeah. a great principle. So, you know, to just go in and ask your pastor, how can I pray for you? I mean, that's huge. Or um, I, I believe in over-communicating and letting them know what we're doing, the problems we have, and how we resolve them. So that asking for things becomes so rare that that's they're right. actually like, well, he must really need this if he's coming to me. Couldn't, you know? I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that number two is what I call trust and verify. Do your research and don't lie. Now, a long time ago, um, I had a, a, some children's ministry staff and they brought to me kind of what I'm going to call a problem that they needed solved. And I listened intently. And I got to tell you, I got sucked into their emotion. I got sucked into their problem. And of course, my job is to advocate for them. Yeah, and but you want to be the champion, the hero. It's all natural. That's right. I want to be the champion. I want to be the hero. But but I heard what they said, and I didn't do my very own research to kind of validate, verify what they told me. So I went in. I just basically took what they said, and I got myself all impassioned up, and I walked into the executive pastor's office, and I started letting him know what a, a plight we had and he listened very patiently and he said well that's that's fantastic just give me a couple days i need to think about this he went and did his research and he found that what i had shared with him which is what they shared with me was was a version of true but it was a hyperbolized yeah. version of true every one of us is, is prone to exaggerate our message why because we want to get what we want well i got burned because I didn't validate, I didn't verify their, their. so he did, he taught me by me kind of stumbling. Yeah, you, got, so kind of, you that, got, kind of got caught, you got embarrassed. And, I and did, it, I got embarrassed. And it breaks down your credibility, and that's where it the trust comes down in. down your credibility. So what I did instead is every time that they brought me a request, I acted as if I was him, and I did my research, and then I would go, ah, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that dark. I, I think that there's actually, you know, that's great, but but sometimes I would verify their message, yeah. and then I would go, and then I would be on solid, solid ground. So you don't want to hyperbolize. No, you it's can important. Get you know, my, my brother is a baseball reporter. He covers the, the Indians, which was fun yeah. last year, except that they didn't win the World Series for him. The Cubs won, and he grew up a Cubs fan, so I think he won either way. But sure. early on, when he started out, he was one of the youngest reporters MLB hired, and... Um, and I heard a cool story he shared with me after a while, and I forget the period of time, the editors told him they no longer edit his stats and his facts, 
because it was a waste of their time. Because every time they went to edit his articles, everything was accurate. And okay, so, that's a great place to be. Yeah, and so you want to be in that place as a as a pastor reporting on the children's ministry that every time they take their valuable time to verify your information, if it's always true and not manipulative, eventually right. they're going to take you at face value knowing this is a guy or a gal who's always playing on a level field with me. And I learned a, an extremely valuable lesson, and, and, I, and I never made it again. Um, so trust and verify. I think number three is super important. Leaders don't have time to solve your problems. Now you're like, wait a minute, isn't that why the leader is there? Yeah. No, they're not. They're not there for that. Well, I'm there to solve my own problems, but what I do is I come with, I might present a problem, but I actually come with solutions to my very own problem to the table. So I, I come and I say, hey, listen, we've got this serious problem in the nursery, especially at the 9.30 hour. We are not winning there. And I'll explain the problem and I'll say, now here's the deal. I have um, my best idea as to how to solve this. And I will overwhelm them with data. I'll overwhelm them with my process and my plan. And then they look at it and they're like, wow, okay. And, and what's this gonna cost? Well, line seven says it's gonna cost this much. Huh. Well, sweet. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do that. Well, and if, nice. Yeah, and awesome. It, it also prepares them to answer the That's people right. who come to them because there's always going to be criticism. I know it's the church and it's full of Christians, but if you do that perfect idea, the person who doesn't like it runs to the pastor, and he has to say, I'll get back to you. He has to go back to Josh, get educated, and go back to the person. A huge waste of his valuable time. And well, guess what else, Carl? You're exactly right. The other tr the other challenging thing is that when he's standing there with that person, flat-footed. I never want my leaders to no, be flat-footed. No he's surprises. like, oh my word, I'm getting blown up right here. No, I have already given him the arsenal of material and educated him not only about the problem, but the whys of the solution. He's now equipped exactly. to Exactly. He can say, you know, Josh came to me. He's aware of that impact. Exactly. But Here's what he's trying to accomplish, and you you now have an advocate, and you saved him a lot of time, and, uh, and that trust well, really builds. You know, here's the deal, Carl. You just came up with number eleven for <laughs> how to lead up, because truly, I think it's extremely important for us. I call it talking points to give my leaders the talking points, so that when they're going to get bombarded, that they can actually. Yeah. Like, be equipped. I call it talking points. So that is number 11. People, you know, I don't know if this first. fits with your solutions, but one thing I've learned is to give solutions, if they're broader than the children's ministry, give them to your pastor as a gift. Uh, I'll give you an example. When I first started in one of my ministries, every fall, every ministry had a fall kickoff. And uh, some went to a park, and some did a movie, some did a party at someone's house. And, uh, of course, you know, the 80-20 rule, which hopefully is not yep. true in your church, but it became a competition to get children's workers to come to my kickoff because the worship's kickoff was at the same time or the women's ministry or the men's ministry. Yep. And I realized this is nuts. We're all having poor attendance and we're all spending too much money because we're trying to woo out people. We're trying to outdo out each other. Yeah. So I went to my pastor privately and I said, I have an idea that I think would solve this, but it can't be my idea. If you say Carl has an idea, it's dead on the table because it's a competition thing. And, and I hate to say that because we're in ministry and we're all pastors and, you know, but 
um, I offered them the idea, why don't we do a church-wide fall kickoff? We make it like a fair where everyone does booths. The kids' ministry will take care of the kids with the jumpies. Men's ministry can barbecue. Women's ministry can do the desserts. The missions ministry can do this or that. And and I said, and I'm not going to figure it all out, but every ministry has a role. And then right. we had contests, make sure they go to every booth. Anyway, the key was, not the not the specific example, but that when he brought it, it was his idea. And I said, I don't need credit. I don't want credit because my benefit is not credit. It's a children's ministry kickoff that everybody came to and everybody That's else right. was too. And no one knew. And they did that for the whole eight years I was there. Uh, they continued it after I left. And no one ever knew that was my idea because that well, didn't matter. That, that that's that's idea number twelve now, right? It is putting giving your right, giving your pastor the feather in the hat, letting yeah. him be the hero. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. Well, you mentioned well, coming with solutions, coming with options. Uh, okay. One thing I like to do is uh, give them at least three options. I don't know if you do the same thing. I do. My first option is the one I don't think I'll get. But hey, Jesus said you have not because you ask not. So I put the the Cadillac there, number one, assuming I won't get it. Number two is kind of you know what, what I'm hoping for. But then I I offer some other solutions as well. Well, this is hilarious because actually that is exactly what I do. <laughs> I have three options. I the, the first one I call shoot for the stars, and I, it is my Cadillac. It's the thing if they pick it, I'm going to be like, well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to get that. Number two is actually the one that I want. And number three is the one that I call so low, if they pick that, they're going to be embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I sometimes add a fourth, what I call the settling option. I say, kind of say, you know, we, we could just do this. But, you know, like you said, they'd be embarrassed to pick that. Okay. So, but my, my philosophy with this is, is here's those three. This one's so bad that it kind of makes them feel bad. This one is way too much money. And, and they're like, so everything kind of drives to that middle one yeah. that I actually want anyway. And so, uh, you know, here's the deal. Uh, uh, I, 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 this is like wisdom from a fortune cookie. True story. Yeah. I opened up a fortune cookie and it said, diplomacy is the art of letting someone else have your way. I'm going to say that again. Diplomacy Ooh. is the art of letting someone else have your way. And so I would go into my children's or my executive pastor, and guess what? I would want my way, but I could position things intelligently in such a way that yeah. he would choose exactly what I wanted. It is kind of a Jedi mind trick, but it it, it it really comes down to organization and presenting a very well-crafted plan. But it's also humility. I remember as a kid, uh, as a PK, my dad took me to a lot of elder meetings, deacon meetings, um, and I couldn't talk. I'd be in the corner doing Lego or homework. Um, there were times I had to step out of the room. Maybe it was a church discipline situation. But then on the ride home, we'd always discuss, what did you learn? What did you observe? That's awesome. I still remember this one time at dinner that night. My dad and mom were passionately talking about a church issue. I honestly don't remember the issue now, but I remember the passion. And my dad almost being angry because they just need to da 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 you know? And um, we get to the elder meeting. I thought, man, I'm in for a show tonight. My dad's going to let him have it. You know, and then that dad wasn't there. And he asked questions, and they discussed all these things. And I'm going, and I can't say anything because I'm forbidden if I want to be in the room. But I'm thinking, Dad, you solved it at dinner with Mom. Just give him the answer. And you know how long deacon meetings are. You know, finally they came up with it. And my dad said, that's a great idea. We... 
All right, I, let, let's try that. And so I said, Dad, what's the deal here? And and I, I'll never forget this coaching he gave me. He said, number one, I had to realize I could be wrong. And, uh, and so I needed to allow the process to unfold because a better idea legitimately could have come. Can, that's right, can't exist. And he said, the second reason is, if, if I presented the solution, they would all accept it because I'm the pastor. But as soon as they run into an obstacle, the problem becomes pastor's idea, not the problem. He said once it's their solution that they own and they came up with, he says then when they run into a problem, they'll go, don't worry, pastor. We got this, pastor. Because now <laughs> their idea is you know, being evaluated. And, um, so and he'll be like... It's the art of diplomacy. Your dad sat back and thought, okay, how can I diplomatically get them to, how can I lead them? Really, let's, let's, let's take away the manipulation piece. How can I lead it a is leading. Of people? Yeah, and I how like the humility them? part too that Absolutely. you're also allowing that you could have been wrong. Someone might have brought up that uh, some new information or something because new information is important. I think you've got it that. Is. I think I'm going out of order. Um, no, you're good. But well, I love let's, let's, 7 and 8. Can you touch on 7 and 8? And absolutely. folks, you're going to get this all in the info uh, graphic in the show notes. Yeah. Well, one thing is to think systemically. Okay? I am – this was a hard one to stomach and to realize, but I learned it very quickly. I am not the only ministry in the church. There's children's ministry. There is adult ministry, student ministry. Um, I have to think – here's what I think. I'm standing outside of my executive pastor's office. Now, I, this isn't really what happens, but I envision a line of all of the other ministries waiting at his door. And I'm number four, and I have to think in my mind, oh, my word, what are they asking for? What are they asking for? And so then I think in my mind, wow, I'm not the only child here, if, if I can think of my, you know, them being like a parent figure. If, you, know, you, you have to think in terms of others. You have to think also systemically about the calendar. What's happening in the regular life of the church? Are, are you wondering, what if they all ask for the same thing I'm asking? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is it sounds crazy, but sometimes I even threw out there, hey, you know, Pastor, I just want to let you know that I know that there are needs all around. And just that simple piece to say, I know I'm not the, I'm aware that I'm not the only one yeah. because yeah. they're thinking it in their mind. Like, do you know how many people, I mean, think about it. I don't want to be the executive pastor. I don't want everybody to come to me with needs and every one of their needs costs money. And so I would always, always, always um, admit, even in my own head, okay, what if everybody else asked for this? Is that, how does that fit? So just thinking more globally yeah. and your pastors want you to think about the whole church because guess what? They're thinking about the whole church. Yeah, exactly. And so I like your number eight, ask, would I die for this? You know, there's some things we really want, but we have to almost decide, should I even ask for this? Is this really something? Because there are things like room ratios and uh, yeah, that's right. teacher Mission child critical. ratios and closing classrooms. There may be some things that you say, look, I'm not going to be the one in charge when a kid gets injured or lost or whatever. So there's things I'm going to fight for, but there's some things I really want and I'm passionate about, but you know what? I, I'm, maybe I'm not going to make a battle out of this. Absolutely. I, and I would say this, I often went in thinking, okay, if I get a yes to this, am I willing to have a no for the next 10 times? Ooh. You know, right? kids need to think about that with their parents. That's right. Using that, yeah, that I, analogy. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of understanding there, right? I have four kids of my own, 
And the ones who are the most shrewd about asking for things, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I literally think in my mind, well, truly, number six and number eight kind of go together, right? Yeah. So number six is conserve your ammo, and number eight is would I die for this. I think about my entire year, an entire 12 months of ministry, and I think of it like a revolver with six bullets, and I only get six for the entire year. I only get yeah. six things that I could really, really, really ask for. And would I be willing to shoot this one? And maybe my team, my children's ministry team is like, absolutely. But they have to understand that I may have some bigger things in mind as well. So you've got to conserve your ammo. you got to think, would I literally die for this? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed now um, I skipped number five and six. Eight. I printed it out here. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because but, it's because it's such a long infographic, right? Yeah, I printed out on one sheet with a magnifier for those listening on audio, but I've got it on my external monitor there. But uh, and it's yeah, nice being, and big because you can zoom in on it and, and it looks full. Oh screen. yeah, it's, I love these infographics. They're they're so cool. Um, and then number nine might surprise some people. Um, yeah, this one. This I is like one that though. I. I mean, I really had to stomach this one, and, and it took me a long time. Because uh, my first couple of years, literally, Carl, I would go in, I would solve, have my own problem solved in my mind. I would mm-hmm. pro- provide three different options. I would even sacrifice some of my own budget. And I would think, okay, sweet. Literally, this is an airtight solution. Yeah. And then they would say no. And I was like, what? I just got crushed. But so then I began to actually, now watch this. Yes, I, I, I received a no. But here's the kind of worst, best part. Um, the ministry has to, the ministry has to go on even if they've said no, let's say that I have a problem in the nursery and I'm like, well, here's my solution. They're like, no, we, we can't do that. Well, guess what? Sundays are coming and kids in the nursery are coming. And so I have to, I have to figure a way to make my problem work somehow. And so sometimes I even plan for the no, I planned for the no, I had a I had a series of contingencies. Well, and points. I've done that in leadership meetings with my leadership team, uh, whether they're paid staff or volunteer. You always need to have a, a leadership team, and uh, I would say, okay, I will go to bat for this. I meet with my boss, you know, Wednesday or whatever. Yep. Right now, we need to make a plan for if I get a no, and use that time to totally agree. to say, you know, what are we going to do if I don't get what they ask. And, uh, and, the, and that hard work really helps. And it even helps with the ask because it can become that third option uh, that That's you right. don't really want to do. And you say, if you can't do this, here's what we are going to do. Okay, uh, so then they trust you because they, they see that you know that the ship has to go forward. And that they see that you actually have the capacity to think about all kinds of things. You are a problem solver. That's really what a leader is, right? Yeah. A problem solver who has people coming up behind them, following them. Absolutely. So I definitely, I plan for the no. I think also, Carl, number 10, you brought up uh, uh, just what your dad taught you. I mean, I go into the executive pastor. I don't sit on the elder board. He does. Senior pastor, executive pastor, they sit there. There may be new initiatives that are on the horizon that I'm not privy to. You know, I, I, I'm at my particular pay scale or my particular spot on the on the org chart. chart. Yeah, yeah. I don't have every bit of information, and so I had better be prepared to listen and learn. Uh, the other thing, like your dad did, is he thought, you know, I don't have all the answers. Somebody else out there has a strong brain. They 
may work in industry someplace, and they're going to come up with an even more outside-of-the-box solution that's going to be a better fit. I have to be open to new information. Now, the other thing that I think is super important with my executive pastor is that I want desperately to be seen as a learner. I don't want to just be seen as a learner. I want to actually be a learner. And so for years, I sat under him and I learned some of his strategies with working with an elder board, or I learned some of his big macro strategies for the budget. So that not only showed that I was into thinking and learning, I actually was learning and growing above my position. Yeah. And asking questions is so important. When a pastor says, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to shift this or cancel this, Always ask why. Well, see, no, wait. I agree with the why, but I positioned it differently because sometimes when I ask why, it sounds like I'm challenging. That's I say, I say, can you tell me more? Tell me more about that. And so it's drawing them in. But I got burned one time saying, why? Because I maybe said it maybe a little too loud or something. <laughs> I was like, why? Right? So I, I grew. Somebody coached me and they said, hey, what if you were to ask, huh? That's, that's interesting because interesting, I may think it's a completely horrible idea, but if I say, wow, that's interesting, they're like, oh, he thinks this is interesting. Yeah, yeah well, I actually hate it. But yeah, I no. love to ask. Yeah, I wouldn't just say why, um, although I probably have. Um, oh, I have. But really, what, what's the thinking behind this or what's driving this more. or what are you can, trying to accomplish you, through this? Because as you, you learn unpack. their priorities, exactly. Um, you know, we did. they did a whole new mission uh mission statement for the church a few years back, and it was uh, equipping believers to impact the world. And as we dug right. into that, it was like, well, we don't want people just to come here. We want to equip people to leave here. We want to get outside the walls of the church. Well, we were sure. starting to talk about not doing a traditional VBS and for one year to do like a backyard outreaches yes. strategy. But VBS was in my job description. So understanding where he was going and his passion, I was able to position this summer strategy right. as well. I want to equip my children's ministry volunteers and parents to go out and impact their neighborhoods. And just by For changing sure. my language, it was like, yeah. And so he right. was able to, uh, you know, we did. So you're viewed then you're viewed as, as somebody who, who is willing to sit at the feet of a leader and be led. I'm willing to get new information. I'm willing to be the understudy. If you can't take the position of an understudy, you're going to be short lived. I mean, really. Awesome. Uh, well, hey, we're, awesome, we're going to wrap this up because there's a few other things I want to ask you about. And I don't want us to get too long, although we could do a six-hour podcast easily. It's true. But um, we just kind of 30,000 feet hit this. Is there a way people can dive in a little deeper besides just yeah. the, the infographic? The infographic. Yeah, so we got the infographic. It's going to be in the show notes. But also in the show notes, Carl, I'm going to provide for you a 35-minute leadership video awesome. that's – this exact stuff. And I, I talk through maybe about, you know, a couple minutes on each one and kind of give some anecdotals, some, some, some deeper background. So it really is the full, full throttle. Awesome. So folks, if you're needing some help with leading up, improving your relationship with your pastor or feel like you're hitting some roadblocks and some landmines, uh, take the, take the time a half hour uh, and watch that video. We'll embed it in the show notes and uh, make sure that uh, that you can get access to that. But also make sure you're on Josh's newsletter uh, list. Um, yeah, you'll get some promo about the stuff that, that he's doing, but he also sends out some two-minute training videos. He sends out just some inspiring things, things you can use with your volunteers as well as is for you. But i got to ask you something really serious. Okay. Uh, putting you on the spot here. 
uh, best Star Wars movie? Uh, you know, I got to go with number four. Uh, number just four. A New Hope. I, 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 I'm a big fan of, I mean, that's such a, such a groundbreaking movie. Um, I would say that I like them all except for number one and number two, and I like most of three. So. <laughs> yeah, we um, those of us who who love it can tolerate those and find things that we like. But uh, so, did you like the ending of Rogue One, which led into New Hope? I thought it was absolutely epic. Mind I blown. Totally loved. I was it. so Mind embarrassed blown. that I teared up when I saw Carrie Fisher. You know, and yeah. boy, it'll be well, hard to watch her in the next movie now that she's gone. Yeah, the funny thing for me is all of a sudden you, I mean, whoever's seen it, you actually get to see the moments leading up to, like, episode four. It was so awesome. All right, well, I'll have to do a Star Wars podcast sometime, but I do have some ministry questions for you. Hopefully people didn't tune yes. out uh, when I brought up Star Wars. But I, I, all these guests that I have on, there's a couple of questions I want to ask them all. And sure. um, that way people get a variety in every episode. The first question is simply, what advice would you give to, to a newbie in children's ministry? Now, this this you could be around for 10 years and it may still apply. Um, but for those that are brand new, what's like the number one thing that you would give them? No hesitation. Build a team. That's Absolutely. it. The end. If you cannot build a team, you're going to be massively short-lived. Awesome. Now, I came into a position. My, my, the guy that hired me, the senior pastor, pulled me aside and he goes, Hey, just want to let you know, this is the deep end of the pool and... And it was, and there was there was so much going on. There was absolutely no hope for me to pull it off all myself, and so I was forced right away to embrace the idea of Ephesians four eleven and twelve. The role of a pastor is to build up the body to do the work of the ministry, and so I then empowered tons and tons and tons of other people to run major portions of the ministry. If absolutely. you don't have a team, you got to get one. Well, maybe we'll I'll have you back for a podcast on that. Um, there are some That's one of my ones. passions. That's one of my passions cool. is team building. And uh, I've got a podcast. I'll link in the show notes on that. It's something that, that comes up all the time. Second thing, what's a recruiting tip that you would give? Because that's always the number one thing people say they need help with. Yeah. Recruiting, you recruiting. Know, Which yeah. is, it's true. I, I would, I mean, honestly, my particular person, my, my, my personal number one thing is, here's an idea. Don't lose the best ones that God has already given you. If Amen. you can retain, okay, if you can retain the best and brightest that you've already poured into, I mean, like in industry, in, in like a business or whatever, one of the greatest hidden costs is losing an employee. I mean, like when a, when a professor leaves, poof, a library just burned, okay? Yeah. And so all of the training that I put into my volunteers, when they walk out the door and they say these really sad words, I think God is calling me to do something different, right? Yeah. Then when they leave, all of that training went with them. And I have to start from scratch and get somebody else to understand yeah. the rhythm of our ministry. And so if I can retain volunteers, I'm light years ahead. And I haven't, that'd, that'd be another podcast for us. We could do a whole one on that. It's so valuable. And sometimes the ways to retain people is surprising. I know one ministry I came into, um, one of my contentions is, that kids ministry is this place where it's the only way out is death or dishonor. You know, <laughs> people almost sound like a politician where they're, well, I need to spend more time with my family when there's really a scandal. Well, the scandal isn't hopefully a, a real scandal in their life, but the scandal sure. is that we've burned them out. And they That's don't want to exactly mention right. that. They don't want to say, you know what, I'm just tired of this. And so I've always implemented mandatory like summers off and seasons because I'd say I'd rather lose someone for three months and have them back 
pumped in the fall. You know, right. Of course, you summer is a time for fresh blood and uh, things like that. But it, you um, know, and summer as a time for getting people exposed. Right. Yeah. We yeah. always gave people off uh, twelve weeks in the summer. We even had people who were the best, and they were like, "Well, what do you mean? Can't I serve in the summer?" We said, "Well, we love you enough, actually, to give you a break." Wow, that's so honoring. Yeah, well, it is. It is. We also would bring in people so that we could give them a taste, and then whoever rose to the top, we would recruit them to be at, at a higher level. You know what awesome. I mean? So great tip. But, but, we can obviously uh, build out on that, and we probably will. Um, so last thing, and I think I know what you're going to say, uh, just because I know you, but what is something new that you're doing in ministry that you're really excited about? Yeah, that's that's a great one. I want to let you know that I, I, and I have, it's on my wall right here. Um, I've dedicated the entire year of 2017 to move one idea forward, and it's seeking to have a a really fantastic road in with public schools. There's churches all over the country that have adopted a school and they are seeking to build a relationship there, right? And good works to your community leads to goodwill within your community and it leads to an opportunity to share the good news. And and but a lot of pastors are like, oh my word, how do I go into a public school? So what I've sought to do, because I was 10 years as a educator and 10 years as a pastor, I actually feel like I'm this missionary who can go into this foreign land of the public school and like know their laws and know their landmines and know their lingo and, and know their kind of mores and their values and their taboos. And so then I can go to the church and go, okay, guys, watch this. Never, ever touch that lever ever. Right. And here's what to do. And here's who to talk to. And here's their passions and their values. And so then I provide this thing called the day of science where I actually partner with the church and we bring an entire full day field trip that comes to the school. No busing. They put, the school provides no supplies. And we take over the day and we do nothing but awesome science, technology, so this is engineering, like and math. Saturday in the gymnasium. Nope. It's a Monday to Friday during the school day. They wow. actually close down school and we come in and who's we? It's me and this local church. And this grandma has now baked a breakfast casserole for the teachers. So a church will do that? They'll cancel all their classes and everything for a week? For a day. Oh, for a day. I thought you said five days. No, no, no. No. Uh, they could, I mean, they could pick between Monday to Friday oh, to okay. do this, this thing, right? And so then I come in, pull off an entire day of science that closes with a one-hour character-based science stage show. And then, of course, we invite everybody to come back to the church that night for uh, the amazing chemistry show where, you know, if it works out, we, we, we share the good news of Christ. And so it is a way to go in and meet a real need for a school. They are all of a sudden like, oh, my word, who would do this for us? That was awesome. awesome. You met our need. And so then you've just then by doing a good work, you've instantaneously brought about goodwill. And now you have a platform of, under which you can share the good news. So the day of science, that's my whole year. That's the only thing I'm working on. That's fantastic. Well, you know what? Uh, this has been a great time. I'm going to get my closing music out here because I'm trying to do this all live. There it goes. Hey, folks, this is Josh Denhart, KidmanScience.com. And uh, be sure to go to the show notes. We'll post it on Facebook in our Facebook group. And I'll put it on my wall. And Josh will share it. And, uh, but this is a guy you need to get 
to know. So I'm so thankful for you guys taking your time to join me. Your feedback's always encouraging. Carl at KidmanTalk.com. Hit me on Twitter at Kidologist or at KidmanTalk. It always makes my day. Put some wind in the sails, and uh, I can't wait to uh, chat with you again. Thank you, Josh, for this incredible time that we've had together. Absolutely. Super fun, man. Let's do it again. Woo! All right. KidmanScience.com. And there, I tried to time the the music there. (laughs) All right.